0: It's time now for another look into God's infallible book, and I want to welcome you again to another broadcast of the Riches of Grace. It's my privilege to be your host and Bible teacher each week uh, as we meet together to look into the pages of God's Word. My name's Richard Jordan, by the way. That's not important, but people ask me to say that. And uh, it's our privilege to to invite you to study with us as we look into the pages of the Word of God and to allow the Spirit of God to teach us through His Word. We've been looking. We looked last week. and We're going to continue to look now for several more weeks at at the day of Pentecost in the Bible, Acts chapter number two. Uh, someone's called this the uh, the graveyard of the Bible, <laughs> and 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 the Book of Acts is is, is certainly uh, certainly can be considered uh, can be considered that. The book of Acts is one of the most one of the great battlegrounds of, script, of scriptural debate. Um, that's due to the, to the transitional nature, the changing nature uh, of the book of Acts, and that's a feature that's often uh, overlooked when when you study the Bible. You see rather than than being as generally supposed a, a pattern for us to follow in, in the dispensation of grace the book of Acts really is a record of the fall of Israel and God's reason for sending salvation to the Gentiles apart from that favored nation and when you study the book of Acts you you, you have a explanation a record of the explanation of why the program found in its early chapters has passed away and the book confirms the, the declaration of the epistles of Paul that the, the fulfillment of the prophetic program has, for the present, given way to the unfolding of the secret mystery program revealed to Paul. I say to you, and I show you week after week as we study, in Acts 3, verse 21, Peter says, this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. I'm sorry, <laughs> Peter says that in Acts 2. In Acts 3, in fact, that's important. You see, Pentecost is not the pattern for us today. Because it was not a secret. It was it was the fulfillment of what God spoke through the prophet Joel. That's why Peter says in Acts 3.21 that what he's preaching is that which is God has spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. Now, if you look in your Bible at Acts 2.16 and Acts 3.21, you can see that and understand what it says. It's very simple English. Where that gets to be a little thick for religion and for church tradition, is when you compare it with the statements of the Apostle Paul, who says he's preaching a message that in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. That is, Joel didn't know about it. So when Peter says, this is that which is spoken by Joel, the prophet, he's not talking about what Paul is talking about in the book of Ephesians, when he says, I'm talking to you about the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me, how that by revelation he made known to be the mystery, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. So Paul has given him some information Joel knew nothing about. Well, if that's the case, and that is the case, just read the verses, then what's happening on the day of Pentecost is not what Paul's talking about. And what Paul's talking about is what you and I are part of today. The latest information is what's in, a, is what's in force today, and you see the great blunder of evangelical Bible-professing people is to think that what God's doing today started on the day of Pentecost, when Pentecost was a part of prophecy, and we're a part of the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. And recognizing that distinction between prophecy and mystery lets you see that Pentecost is not the pattern for you and me today. It isn't us. The second thing you need to notice about Pentecost, not only was it not a secret, and what we're doing today is preaching Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. And somebody says, Brother Rick, why do you just keep reading that verse? I keep quoting it because I know it drives some people nuts. (laughs) And I don't mean that in an unkind way. I mean, you need to—look, some folks just want to choke on that verse and ignore it. Some folks just want to ignore it. You can relax and believe it, and it will transform your whole Bible study, which will transform your Christian life. When you look at Acts chapter number 2, one of the, the first thing you notice is that it's not a secret. It's not the first days of anything, it's the last days of Israel's. It's the beginning of the last days of Israel's the conclusion of Israel, of God's program with the nation Israel. The second thing is you notice, not only is it is it the, the, the fulfilling of prophecy, Israel is the focal point. Now in the church, the body of Christ, and in the dispensation in which we live, it's through the fall of Israel that salvation has gone to the Gentiles. You see, I'm a Gentile. I'm not, a, I'm not Israel. You're not Israel. We're Gentiles. And yet we have God's Word. We've got Israel's Bible, Israel's, Israel's Messiah, Israel's Savior. How come we got it? <laughs> well, we didn't, we didn't get into the program at Pentecost. Do you understand that on the day of Pentecost when Peter... Speaking as the Spirit gave him utterance, preached. He purposely excluded you. I mean, have you ever really read the text? Acts chapter two. There were dwelling verse five. There were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. These folks had come to Jerusalem because of the day of Pentecost. Now you understand Deuteronomy sixteen sixteen says that every man, every male Israeli, three times a year was to go to Jerusalem to worship. Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. So they would go to the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. So they're there. And he lists a whole whole list of, 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 of about 15 or 16 nations in verse 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 that were there. Now, they hear the apostles preaching every man in his own tongue, every man in his own language. So verse 14, Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea, and all you that dwell at Jerusalem. Well, who's that? That's these Jews out of of all these different nations. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the men of Judea. Now, in case you don't get that, he quotes Joel 2, verse 16, 17, 18, 19, 21, and then in verse 22, he starts talking. First thing he says, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Now, there would have been Gentiles in the crowd. That's why he would be so specific, I'm talking to you you men of, of Israel. Now, if you were a Gentile in that crowd, what would you th- What do you think when you hear that right now? Well, you know just by listening to it, he's talking not to you. You see, this is why everybody wants to be Israel. (laughs) See that? If you're not Israel, he's not talking to you. Everybody that wants to use Acts 2 as the pattern has to tell you you are Israel. Because that's who Acts chapter 2 is addressed to. Verse 36 Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you' have crucified, both Lord and Christ. you see Peter repeatedly says, "I am talking to you Israel now verse thirty six verse thirty eight he says then Peter answered and answered them." Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to as many as are afar off. And people say, well, see, now there's the Gentiles, Brother Rick. But wait a minute. Where did you get that from? You say, well, over in Ephesians chapter 2, he says Gentiles were far Yeah, but you hadn't. you don't have Ephesians to read yet. Ephesians is not revealed yet. When you read Acts 2 and you read about to you and your children and to them that are far off, who would Peter think about? Well, if you go back to Daniel chapter 9, verse 7, or Isaiah chapter 57, verse 19, God talks about Israel who's been scattered off in the dispersion as them that are far off. You see, who he's talking to here, he's not talking to Gentiles when he says them that are far off. That's you reading Paul back into it. That's where you get the cancer that eats the soul of evangelicalism. Where you take something that doesn't belong here and try to put it back into it and make it like it is, because you you're so desperate to be Israel. You see, that doesn't work. The promise. Gentiles don't have promises. They have no promise. Israel had the promises. Read Ephesians 2 verse 12. For the promises unto you, Israel, and to your children, and to all that are far. every Jew, no matter where he's scattered in the earth, in the dispersion, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words testified did 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 he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. <laughs> oh gee, save yourself. I thought you couldn't save yourself. But you see, he's not saying save yourself from hell, or for, from this untoward generation. There is a generation, an apostate generation in the nation of Israel. Jesus told, called, he, what did he call them? Well, John the Baptist, he says, you generation of vipers who have warned you to flee from the, from the wrath to come. He's talking to the religious leaders of Israel, the Pharisees, rabbinical scholars, Sadducees. He said, you generation of vipers. Well, vipers in the Bible, that's, that's serpents. Call somebody a gen- Where they come from? They were generated by the satanic policy of evil. Jesus told them, when, in John 8, he told some of those guys, he said, You're of your father, the devil. They said, We have Abraham as our father. He said, No, you just got him as your physical father spiritually. You're following Satan. Mm-hmm. He called them a generation of vipers, generation of serpents. Now, he wasn't trying to insult their mother. He was talking about spiritual things, where they come from spiritual. And he says, save yourself from this apostate nation. Jesus had told him, he said, the kingdom's going to be taken from you and given to a nation. Not Gentiles, that'd be nations plural. A nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. Who is that? Fear not, little flock, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Jesus has called, called out a believing remnant out of that apostate nation to make his righteous nation in the earth. That's who the apostles were. That's who they're inviting these Jews to become a, a part of. You see, the whole program here, Paul says that today through the fall of Israel, through the fall of Israel, salvation has come to the Gentiles. He said today is the casting away of them has been the reconciling of the world. He says he's concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy on all. Today he says that, they're, that they're in, Israel is enemies for the gospel's sake, but they're beloved for the Father's sake, for the gifts and calling of God without repentance. Paul tells you that today God has temporarily interrupted the program of Israel. Temporarily, not forever. He'll finish the plan, but he's doing something else first. What's he doing? He's forming the church, the body of Christ. Another, a separate, a distinct agency where there is neither Jew or Gentile, bond or free, male or female. There's no status of being a Jew or a Gentile in the body of Christ. You see, the body of Christ, we're all one with no national, no racial, no spiritual distinction. No ethic ethical distinction. No ethnic distinction. No Jew or Gentile, bond or free, male or female, Scythian, barbarian, none of those distinctions. We're all one in this one new man, the church, the body of Christ, the new creature. Something entirely that's not what's going on the day of Pentecost. This is something entirely different. If the nation of Israel is fallen, then why in the world Peter had said in Acts chapter 3, verse 25, ye are, of the, ye are the children of the prophets, and of the covenants which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God having raised up his Son, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. You see, Peter knew the program. Jesus had told him, said, that the children must first be filled. Israel has to be redeemed because it's through redeemed Israel that salvation is to go to the Gentiles. That's the covenant God had made. That's the promises God had made to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to all, to this favored nation. That's why he would made them his favored nation. And if Israel has fallen, listen, the fall of Israel is the prerequisite for the forming of the body of Christ. You can't have the body of Christ when that middle wall of partition is up. It has to be taken down. You have to have the fall of Israel for salvation to go to Gentiles and to form the church, the body of Christ, where there's total equality. It's Paul. Go to Galatians 5. It's Paul that says that today I say to you that neither circumcision availeth anything or uncircumcision but the new creature. The only thing that avails anything with God today is the new creature, the body of Christ. Being circumcised doesn't help you. Being uncircumcised doesn't hurt you. Well, that isn't true back here. If that's the way, if that was the program at Pentecost, why, why did Peter have a problem going to the Gentile Cornelius in Acts chapter ten? I mean, you go over and read Acts chapter ten. The Lord t- tells Peter there's a, a Gentile going to come and I want you to preach to him. I want you to go down there, and Peter literally argues with the Lord. <laughs> he said, "No, I'm not going to go." He said, "You know, Lord, it's Acts ten twenty eight. You know how that it is unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come into one of another nation. I'm not going, Lord. I know. I know what the law says. I know the program." It's not, the, it's not the thing to do. <laughs> and the Peter's problem wasn't that Gentiles couldn't be saved. He just knew that Gentile salvation was to come through Israel. Israel first had to be redeemed, and they hadn't been. And then Pete says, but God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. That's Acts 10, dude. That's not what he thought in Acts two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Peter didn't think that until Acts ten. And guess guess who got saved in Acts nine? You see, God changed the program, and in Acts ten, he's clueing Peter into it. Oh yeah. Peter understood the program. The Lord Jesus Christ had, had told him in his earthly ministry. He started out when he gave him the Great Commission, Matthew ten. He said, don't go to the Gentiles. Just go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then after the resurrection, he said, okay, now it's time, now that I've got my little flock together, it's time to go to every creature, to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. Acts 24, verse 47. Then in Acts chapter 1, right before he ascends into heaven, he says, you'll receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts one-eight. And you should be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You see the order there? It's pretty clear. You're going to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You know what that is? That's a clear order. Now, you've heard preachers read that verse and say, well, you're going to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, and that's your hometown. Now, as soon as you hear that, that's an alert. That's a whoop, whoop, whoop alert, you know. Back with a back up the tape. <laughs> that's an alert. What have you got? You got a Bible denier going here. You got a you got a Bible 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 changer, Bible corrector. When it says Jerusalem, it didn't say hometown. When you hear a preacher say, "Well, it says Jerusalem, that's your hometown," all of a sudden you say, "Wait a minute, listen. There's not anybody listening to my voice today. that Jerusalem is your hometown." Get a map, got them out in the back of your Bible. Go down to Walmart and buy you a Bible. Go to Costco, buy you a Bible, 10 bucks. got a out in the back of it. Jerusalem won't be in Chicago, won't be in Illinois, won't be in the United States. Now, you might find, a Jerusalem won't be the one they're talking about. That's, all, that's over there in the land of Israel. Oh, yeah, that's where Jerusalem is. It's not your hometown. And it wasn't the home. Listen, listen, listen. It wasn't the hometown of anybody Jesus was talking to. You see verse 11, Acts 1 11? The angel says to these 11 men, Why, ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing into heaven? You know where those apostles were from? They were from Galilee. Galilee's up north, folks. Jerusalem's down south. I bet you know the difference between a northern and a southerner, don't you? Jerusalem was not the hometown of any man standing there. And the text, two verse, three verses later, tells you that. And yet some preacher comes up and says, Jerusalem's your hometown. You know why he says that? Because he wants to be Israel. He wants to be in Acts 2. He wants Pentecost to be him so he can be Israel. And he's not. Israel's not fallen. Israel's program is not what God's doing today. And Peter knew they still hadn't gotten over Jerusalem. Go to Acts chapter 8, verse 1. After the persecution that rose about Stephen, the disciples are scattered everywhere except the apostles who stay at Jerusalem. Their job, Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the Gentiles. That's why Peter says it's not law. He knew the order. Listen. When you're reading Pentecost, you're not reading the program for you and me. And if you try to go back to Pentecost and make that your pattern for your gospel message, for your commission, your mission in life, what you were sent to do, for your the pattern for your Christian life, you try to pattern your prayer life, your identity who you are in the program of God, your hope and your expectation, based on accident, you're going to wind up in the confusion that has engulfed evangelicalism, not to say mainline Christendom, which has been a blank for centuries. And the reason for that is you're just simply trying to be somebody God never made you. Oh, friend, listen, that's why this is important. I have no desire to try to change where you go to church. I think you need to take this information back to where you go to church and share it with them to try to rescue them so they then can function as members of the church, the body of Christ, fully and completely the way God intended them to. That will take care of it. I just want you to be able to understand who God's made you in Christ, who you are, and what God's doing today. So that can work effectually in you because you believe it. There's nothing ever be as exciting as that. Can offer you a free Bible study that could help you with this. Go on with it and understand these things. I I want you to listen. You need to be careful. You need to carefully consider because if the gospel message you're going to preach is the gospel message that comes off of Acts two. You're going to send people to hell, not just into confusion. Because you can't get saved by the grace of God through faith alone and Christ alone in Acts chapter 2. In fact, in Acts 2 verse 40, you have to save yourself. Did you ever notice the difference between what Peter, when he's asked, what should we do? He said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Did you ever notice the difference in what Paul was asked? Philippian jailer said, so what must I do? And he said, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved." And your house—anybody in your house that believes this can be saved. You see the difference. You, I mean, you see the difference in those things. You don't—you don't have to go back and try to say, "Well, he didn't really mean." Just let it be what it is. That's how serious this is. I'd like to give you a Bible study resource that'll help you. It'll challenge you. It won't just tell you what you thought it was going to say. It'll tell you what the verses say. But you can study it for yourself. The Bible study is called, Why Pentecost Isn't Us. Why Pentecost Isn't Us. And I challenge you to to consider this information. Reject it if you choose to, but at least consider it fairly before you do. Why Pentecost Isn't Us. Call me here. Our toll-free number, 888 535 2300, 888 535 2300. It's a toll free number, toll free call. I'll pay for the call, I'll pay for the uh, the, the Bible study resource, and I'll, I'll even pay the shipping to get it to you. We're not trying to get your money, trying to get you to join something. We just want to see some truth that'll change your life. That number again is 888 535 2300. That's 888 535 2300. You can also look us up on the internet at graceimpact.org, graceimpact.org. That's how you can check us out. You can uh, see who we are, what we're about. And most importantly, you can access a a host of free Bible study material designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. That's graceimpact.org. And by the way, you can access archives of this broadcast of our daily Bible Time radio broadcast, as well as our weekly television program, Forgotten Truths, on the website. It's all there. All of this, along with written Bible studies, conference messages, everything is designed to help you to understand and enjoy the Bible. There's a lot of goodies uh, to help you at graceimpact.org. One thing when you're at the website you might look at is the information about grace school of the bible that's our three-year bible institute program if you've ever if you've ever desired to really genuinely be a serious student of the word of god if you want to be a perfected saint who can do the work of the ministry not just a 90-day wonder not just somebody that gets plugged into a job and they don't know what they're all about but to have the word of God work effectually in you because it's gotten a, it's it's gotten that that uh, uh, that you've got that edification process, that perfecting process of the word done in your heart. The, if that's where your your desire is, well, Grace School of Bible is something you ought to consider because it was designed just with you in mind. It's available on an extension basis. First of all, you don't have to come to us; we'll send the school to you, and you can you can take the school in the con- context of your own scheduling demands, your own family, your own life, through the use of video. The key to the school, however, is not the delivery system. The key to the school is that the curriculum in the school is based on the design set forth by the Apostle Paul for the, for the perfecting, for the maturing uh, of, of a believer. If a perfected saint is to do the work of the ministry, then you need to be a perfected saint. You're not going to become a perfected saint by being a 90-day wonder. You're not going to per- become a perfected saint by being trained in the denominational and religious system that that, uh, that that men have developed. You need to follow the divine design set forth in Paul's epistles, and the curriculum Grace School of the Bible uniquely follows that design. Check it out, graceimpact.org. And my friend, can I tell you? If you're still not sure that you have eternal life as a present possession, that all of your sins are forgiven, if you're not confident of that, absolutely sure of that, why don't you call the call our number, 888-535-2300, and tell the folks that answer the phone that you need to know for sure. There's some folks that will sit with an open Bible and share with you the, the wonderful message of God's wonderful grace so that you can be confident that all of your sins are forgiven, and that you have eternal life as a present possession. Everything starts right there in the Christian life. 888-535-2300. That's the number to call for information. Thanks for being with us today. It's always a joy to have you fellowship with us as we're here. Hope you're making it a habit to be with us each week. Tell tell a friend about the, our, our study together and get them listening in with you, will you? And until we meet this same time next week right here, Maranatha.